Welcome to a new season of Stories Behind Tennessee Tourism, the podcast that pulls back the curtain on all things travel and tourism in this great state of Tennessee. We are pleased to present a series of interviews recorded live and in person at the 2021 Governor's Conference on Hospitality and Tourism. On this episode, we sat down with Mr. Hugh Murrow, President and CEO of Ruby Falls. For those not in the know, Ruby Falls was accidentally discovered by Leo Lambert in 1928 on an unexpected journey deep within Lookout Mountain. He named the falls after his wife, Ruby, and opened the iconic Chattanooga attraction to the public in 1929. Today, Ruby Falls welcomes guests from around the world to enjoy underground cave adventures, spectacular views, and soaring zip lines. After two decades of helping to promote Tennessee and the Chattanooga area, I still haven't experienced Ruby Falls and Lookout Mountain. But I can't wait to take my two boys out there in the future when we all can experience it together for the first time. I had a great time talking about how Ruby Falls introduced innovations during the pandemic and about how Hugh is obsessed with Dave Matthews Band. Let's get this show started. Hugh's with us now, and he's coming just after Barry White. And they're just this is sort of like a one-two punch here for Chattanooga, because Chattanooga is home to a variety of iconic brands, and you can't talk about Chattanooga without talking about Ruby Falls. Yeah, you if you've traveled along the whole East Tennessee area, you've probably heard about Ruby Falls. You probably know about Tennessee Aquarium. You've probably heard about Roxy, and that is something that's a testament, I think, to the work that Hugh has put in to create a world-class organization. I know we've had a couple of challenging months here, or not a couple, it's been one more, 18 months, going on mm-hmm. two years. Uh, and so I appreciate you joining us today, Hugh, to sort of talk a little bit about past, and then look towards the future and talking about what maybe is coming up here for us in tourism. So I wanted to sort of start out, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do? Well, uh, I'm president and CEO of Ruby Falls. Uh, we also have a subsidiary called r r Hospitality, a lot of people don't know about, but that manages our billboards across uh, the highways, so a lot of people have seen those. So I spend time doing that as well, but mostly the operations of Ruby Falls as a whole. And it's a, a 92-year-old attraction that started in, in late 1929, 1930. So, you know, when you talk about COVID, yeah, it's been a challenge, but our predecessors dealt with World War II, Korean War, Vietnam War, Great Depression, go down the list. So these things happen when you're when you're in business for 92 years and you have to deal with them. Uh, Hugh, how long have you been with Ruby It'll be 15 years this February. All right, so congratulations. Great, great anniversary. Yeah. In those 15 years, do you have any memories that, that sort of come to mind? I think one of the, the biggest highlights was a few years ago when we opened our new building. Uh, we went through a multi-year design process of taking the iconic Ruby Falls Castle uh, that was built in 1930, or opened in 1930, and doing an 18,000-square-foot addition to it, which we call the Annex. And we have the Village Gift, gift Shop. We have the Heron's Walk and all these places that that we were able to add additional comforts for our visitors. And so that was a culmination of a lot of hard work, uh, a lot of creativity with the design team, a lot of expertise in our construction team, 
and our whole internal team played a huge part in that so that that was a huge highlight how how long did that take project wise you know from vision to well, we started talking about it in 08 wow. so uh and we uh broke ground in late late 16 and then moved in in 2018 you make an interesting point about you know facing cha- everybody always faces challenges right that's what makes you stronger kind of proves you're innovative and uh, I had asked Barry, you know, what what are, what are some of the things that he was impressed with, you know, as the, with the community in terms of how you all dealt with, you know, the challenges of COVID. And one of the things he said, that's what I'm getting at, is that, you know, it's exposed how innovative people can be. And, and sort, of, sort of moving into that idea of, you know, what, what have we learned from the last 18 months, but also to your point of, of having an ambition and, and accomplishing things. He had mentioned that, you know, you've got a new queuing system that you had to put in place to be able to reopen and, and host guests, but that in that part of that innovation, it's actually made for a better experience for them, and it's still the same revenue model or better for you. Yeah, I think that that was the interesting thing is that the leisure traveler is wanting structure now. They're wanting to know, uh, well, they really always wanted to know, but, but now they can put it in play of, I arrive at noon, I'll be on my tour at 12:20. Right. That kind of thing. Right. And uh, and that's going across whether it's the aquarium, Rock City, or us, uh, that people want to, and and we can pulse people into our businesses instead of when I arrived at Ruby Falls in 2007, we lined people up and basically worked till the line went away. So people would show up and say, "What's the line for?" And that's to go to Ruby Falls, and they get in line, and they would wait in line sometimes an hour and a half, two hours. Now they pull into a newly renovated parking lot, plenty of parking with a time stamped on their cell phone with a QR code is their their ticket and they walk right in, go on their tour. Then they spend time in our gift shop and our tower and eat a little something and, and it's more of a leisurely thing. They zip line and do all that kind of stuff. What are some of the learnings that, you know, obviously that's that's one example of, of you leading change and, and responding to the situation. You know, there are other, other things that you all have learned that will strengthen what you do in the future? It'll build a better following because it'll build a better experience. Uh, we have always been a generational attraction. We have people that show up and say, I came here on my honeymoon and now... Uh, here are my grandkids or my great my great grandkids and we want to show them this iconic attraction. I grew up on Lookout Mountain. I grew up three miles from from Ruby Falls. Wow. Drove by it every day. Wow. And I only went once. But now I'm I'm president and CEO <laughs> of it. But the neat part about it is and people on Lookout Mountain I asked me about it, I said, Why do you enjoy your job so much? I said, Well, if you want to take a two hundred and forty foot elevator ride into the mountain walk 2,200 feet back inside the mountain, view a 100-plus foot waterfall, 1,100 feet underground, it's the only place in the world you can do it. This is a singular thing. It's a singular thing, and you can't build it. You can't renovate it. It's just there. And so it's a really unique experience for the people that want to do it. And once they've done it, they want to bring people back. Where do you see the future going, Hugh, in terms of all of this? I know you're sort of, you almost talk about it as like a custodian of this, this awesome place. 
and as a result of you figuring out how to how to make it more efficient for people, you know, mm-hmm. really more uh, uh, desirable, I guess, of an experience. Do you, do you see your, yourself expanding that out now because now they, they have more time to, to do more things on ground perhaps? Or yeah. Where do you see the future going with this? Yeah, that's exactly what it is. And I think that all the attractions that I talk to, because of the more orderly way that we're doing our ticketing and arrivals and departures, we need to create more things for people to do on those grounds. I look at the the half a million people that come onto our campus every year and and if i can create something for them to do that generates an average of two dollars in revenue i've just birthed a million dollar business right we don't think we're near where we need to be in the things we can do on our campus and so we'll continue to build that out uh, we've got a couple of projects planned to upgrade our food service and some other things for people to do on the grounds that'll enhance their stay and make it more of a destination than an attraction. Gotcha. That's, that's yeah. it's great to hear the ambition that's coming from the innovation of addressing a challenge like mm-hmm. that. And I wish you success and well-being on that. The last question I have for you is that uh, you know a lot of we, we've all talked to a lot of people here. You know, COVID's not just going to go poof and go away. You have to live with it like we do the flu. But assuming things open up, get a little easier. What's the next big adventure for you from a travel standpoint? I have a complete addiction to Dave Matthews. I'm almost to my 20th concert, and I went to two earlier this year, and I will be leaving uh, October the 7th to go to Denver, and I'll meet my daughter there, and we'll do Friday night, Saturday night, and then my sister's driving us back to Albuquerque, and we're doing Monday night. So I'll do three more this year for a total of five in a four-day period and people always ask me if i can expound on this a little bit why i love dave matthews you never know what he's going to play he doesn't have the same set list every time so it's like meeting up with some guy with a guitar and a bar and he makes it up as he goes every night and yeah his saxophonist told me one time when i met him you have to be prepared to play 127 songs every night so you never know what you're going to get and it's where my daughters and I reconnect. So we go to a couple of concerts every year. And my big adventure is going to be in about two weeks. That's amazing, man. I wish you safe travel. And I hope you enjoy that. And I appreciate you joining us, you on this podcast. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Stories Behind Tennessee Tourism is an original podcast brought to you by Design Sensory. We are a full-service integrated marketing, advertising, and digital agency. For 20 years, we've worked with startups, small towns, to global brands across a range of industries and business sectors to bring great ideas to life. The production team is Mary Blair, editor Sarah Plemons, producer Brad Carpenter, and I'm your host, Joseph Nother. We have a blast telling these stories, and we can't thank you enough for listening. Our hope is that you've learned something new or been inspired to do something creative. If you have, I'd love it if you'd share it or pass it on. And if you like what you heard, there's more where that came from. Please be sure to follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram. Our handle is at DS underscore moments, or just search for Design Sensory. 